0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator for Faith to Go.
1: And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Director of Formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And
2: I'm Shannon Kelly. I am the Director of Faith Formation for the Episcopal Church and also the Officer for Young Adult and Campus Ministries.
0: Welcome, Shannon, to the pod. Thank you. Thank you so much for visiting and for being with us in studio.
2: Absolutely. All the way
0: from the East Coast. Good to
2: be here. Yeah, really good to
0: be here. Flying six hours just to be on our podcast is really That's incredible. That's
2: it. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> I'm really flattered.
0: For my birthday, too. That's right. So nice. Happy birthday. <laughs> a um a good no. way to celebrate. Shannon, you are here for something else and delighting us with your presence for this little, small amount of time. Like every week, we'd love to know more about your ministry context. So would you share with us what exactly is going on in your ministry? What you're excited about? What you're here for?
2: You bet. You bet. So um, I work on the presiding bishop staff. I have two different roles. I'm the director of faith formation, which means I oversee the department of faith formation. So children, youth, young adult ministries, that includes all the youth ministry pieces we do. The Episcopal youth event, that's coming up in a couple of weeks, uh-huh. <laughs> right around the corner. And then also young adult and campus ministries, as well as Episcopal Service Corps. So all of those programs are Within the Faith Formation Department, what's really exciting is to see and um, witness young people and their leaders changing and adapting and growing year to year. And so in my role, I get to not only um, work with the people that work with youth and young adults, but... Every so often, I do get to work directly with young people, and that is the best thing, the best thing in the world. Another thing that I get to do, that I'm really privileged to do, is to hold conferences, which doesn't sound like a big deal. I'm here this week for our Young Adult and Campus Ministry Leadership Conference. But really, the kinds of conferences that we hold are about connecting people, about networking, about... Letting people know that they are not alone, that they're Mm -hmm. not in a silo in their ministry context. Because so many campus ministers, Episcopal Service Corps directors, young adult ministers really are in positions where they are the only one in their area doing that thing. And so often they feel very, very alone. And so by gathering at a conference, we could easily call this a retreat or a gathering or something else. But by gathering together and worshiping and learning and playing together, we all get a sense of renewal and a sense of purpose, and we meet new people who are either inspiring us and people that also are looking to do the same kind of things that we're doing. So it's really a place of, of growth and love and fun, and when we need to, a place where we share grief um, mm-hmm. and a place where we share our struggles. Mm-hmm. So... It's all really, really good stuff all and right. really, really rich.
0: Amazing, so beautiful. The other question we always ask our guests is where you saw God this past week. So that could be a consolation or desolation, or yeah. ignation here. So you can say where it was hard to feel God's presence moving, or where it was easy. Just any time recently that you'd like to share about.
2: You know, my son just graduated from high school, and so he's in that transition of no longer being in high school, and that for him is just fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He loved high school, but he was also really ready to be done, uh-huh. and just in the last week as we started to look over all of the stuff in his bedroom and start sorting, you know, what are you taking to college, what do you want to keep but not have at college, and then what can we give away, as we were sorting through his room, there was just this sense of the sacred in, mm-hmm. the, in the midst uh-huh. of all of the things that we were looking at, because yes, there's things. Um, but he's a musician, and so as we were talking about what instruments he wanted to bring yeah. to college with him and what we could pack up, he got sort of this sense of mourning a little bit, yeah. that he couldn't take it all with him. Yeah. Yeah. The instruments are, yes, instruments, but they're also a sense of of how he expresses the sacred, uh-huh. how he expresses what is so important to him, what's on his mind, what he is passionate about while it's a keyboard, it's also something that he creates with. Uh And so we just had this great conversation about all of the things around us being sacred, Uh and how do we hold that in times of transition, Uh right? It's easy to sort of see that when everything is in the same, and it's a little bit easier to hold on to, but when everything is in transition, everything is moving, how do you hold on to that sacred and not lose that. Mm -hmm. And so we had a beautiful conversation about his faith, what he believes about the sacredness of what he does as he's creating, which is just mind boggling to me, the way that he can write and create, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And so to have that kind of conversation with him and feel the sacredness in the moment as we're talking about things, but really we're talking about creation and the uh-huh. sacred, uh-huh. and the gifts that were given. Uh-huh. So it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment.
0: It's quite sacramental Yes. to think of you know mm-hmm. these physical things giving us like a window yeah. to God. Yeah, he God's wouldn't creation. think so, but
2: <laughs> that's where mine went, right? <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like, yeah. yeah, they're things, but they turn into other things, right? Yeah. They help us right. get in touch with others. They
0: Absolutely. are more than what they are. Exactly. Yeah, yep. love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And... Um, as always, we'd love to hear from from you all if you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. If you'd like to share about your ministry context or any of your God sightings throughout the week, you can find all those ways of getting in contact with us listed in the description for the episode, especially the email, which is mm-hmm. faith at edsd.org. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to check out more of what Shannon's working on,
2: EpiscopalChurch.org, and then either slash youth or slash young adult, mm-hmm. and you'll find us.
0: All right. And we'll have link in the description, awesome. too. So you can go check out what Shannon's working on. And now we're going to move to our gospel discussion for this upcoming Sunday. That'll be July 2nd, 2023, proper eight in year A. Charlotte will read the gospel. I'm assuming that's why you have your Bible. It's why I open. have my okay, Bible, great. and I, I'm ready. And Charlotte's got it marked and everything. It's a long one. The reading for this upcoming Sunday is Matthew 10, verses 40 to 42. Charlotte will read it. I'll have a little bit of context, and then we'll each have a point. Take it away. Charlotte.
1: Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple. Truly, I tell you, none of these will lose their reward.
0: The context is, again, very simple, as it has been for the last few weeks, because last week was the not peace but a sword verse from Jesus. And this is the very next thing that happened. So I think the end of last week's gospel was verse 39, and this is verse 40. These are the last three verses of chapter 10. And then the very beginning of chapter 11 is when the disciples walk away, and they go do the thing that Jesus has been talked to them for this entire chapter about doing, which is going out into the towns and villages around them in the region of Galilee. So that's where they are. They're up north in their hometowns, home region. Shannon, you've got the first point.
2: As I was reading over this, so two things struck me. The verse later on where it talks about giving a cup of water— uh-huh. That was part of our theme for the Episcopal Youth event in 2011. Uh-huh. And so the whole of the Episcopal Youth event was how do we help people find a sense of belonging here, uh-huh. right? They're all coming from all over the world to this new place that happened to be in Minnesota. We wanted to make sure that they felt welcomed and make sure that they knew that we were going to help them take care of whatever they needed, right? And so they've been on planes, trains, automobiles to get there. And the first thing that anyone did as soon as their bus rolled up was we greeted them with um, a bottle of water, because that's more practical. Mm -hmm. It doesn't spill, right? Right. But because of the gospel lesson, it was really important to us to make sure that they were hydrated, that they felt welcomed, that they felt seen. And so that's first where my brain went and sort of remembering all of that from so long ago now. (laughs) It seems like yesterday, but really from 2011 which also got me to thinking about how Jesus is calling people to welcome. So often we think of welcome as just greeting somebody and, you know, showing them their seat, you know, greeting somebody at the door and on a Sunday handing them the bulletin. But really it's, it's much deeper than that. The welcome that we're hearing about here is more about whoever welcomes you, whoever brings you into the community And so for me, that also helps me think about how do we help people in our ministry feel like they have a sense of belonging? So much of of what people struggle with today is that they are trying to find identity, belonging, and purpose. And so if by welcoming somebody and really welcoming them into the community, we can help them find that sense of belonging, then i think we get to have us a, a spark of of what jesus is talking about of creating community you know as after this like you said the disciples get sent out and so how do they get welcomed how do they find that sense of community and belonging mm-hmm. when they go out into the world i wonder as a church how we really do welcome people and not just greet them at the door with a smile which is lovely mm-hmm. But how do we help them find a sense of belonging and purpose within our communities? Uh And I feel like that is something that we really, really have to figure out. Uh Time and time again, I hear young adults say, I would love to go to a church, but when I go, I don't feel welcome. Uh They might be greeted and smiled at at the door. They might hear that people are happy to see them there, but they don't get any further engagement. Uh They don't get a sense of curiosity from anybody. Tell us about yourself. What might you want to do? You know, is there any c- type of ministry that you're passionate about? That next step usually isn't taken, and so for them, it's it's a real disconnect because young adults, as all of us are really, but especially um, Generation Z, they're looking for a place to belong, a community to be with, and explore with, and explore the sacred, and explore what is happening in their world, and what does that have to do with their faith? Uh So if it is just a superficial welcome, Uh they most likely won't go back, Uh or it might be a while before they go back. How do we as the church, as people of God, welcome people in such a way that lets them know that they belong, Uh that we value exactly who they are right now, Uh right here?
0: And it's interesting because this word that is translated here as welcome is really like to to receive someone. I mean it's welcome because it's like you're receiving them into your home or but it is this like when you receive something you open your you have your hands open and you're like holding this person, this thing, you know, in the comfort of of your community, Mm -hmm. you know. It's like you wouldn't receive someone into your home by greeting them at the door and telling them where to sit, and then you walk away for like an hour and a half. That's
2: right. <laughs> and then you're like, hope you come back again next week. Yeah. Hope you had and fun. Like,
0: Why would I come back here? <laughs> yeah. I just sat by myself, didn't talk to anybody for mm-hmm. an hour, you know? This is kind of my point, because it, it goes back to just like thinking about now that we're, we've gotten to the end of this instruction from Jesus, uh, where he said all of these things, so many things he said, and we've split it up over so many weeks that it's kind of hard to get a sense of the whole, but... If you look back on it, they're going to people's homes. You know, like when he's talking about people welcoming them, he's talking about them being welcomed into their homes, not into like the local synagogue building where they can stay overnight on a sleeping bag in the floor or whatever. He's like talking about this this reception that when they are received into a place, remember he says that they are to like give their peace, so they're giving peace to the people that are receiving them. You know. And so there is this, like, give and take, this giving and receiving that is happening throughout all of these instructions, and especially here. So he's saying, when someone receives you, they also will take the reward that you give them. But I'm also thinking, like, just remembering all these things that he said, like, he's... It's funny, because if we think about, okay, those disciples are sent out on a mission to talk about something, we'd say, oh, okay. If in our modern context, we think Jesus is sending them out to tell people about Jesus. Jesus does not say one time tell people about me and how great I am and all the things I can do. He does not care. He says, go out to cast out demons, to raise people from the dead, and to heal people, and tell people that the kingdom of God is near. The other things he tells them are that they are worthy. They are worth more than a raven, and that they are worth many, many birds, <laughs> and that like every hair on their head is counted. Like He's sending people out, to the lost sheep of Israel, to people who have been told that they aren't worth anything, to be reminded that they are beloved of God, that they've been made in the image of God, that they are worthy of being who they are, just like you're saying. So when we remember this, what their mission is, then when we're welcoming somebody, we're not just greeting them and thanking them for coming. We're going to a place where we're trying to communicate to them how worthy they are, their human dignity, And like recognizing their dignity as they recognize ours. And so I'm thinking about what it means, this reward thing in in this specific section. And that again, remembering back, like Jesus is saying, when you go to a house, you give them your peace. You give them peace. You bring healing. You bring this good news. That is the reward that you get to take. And when you welcome somebody. But the thing is like, he also says that he did not come to bring peace but a sword. And we talked last week about how challenging the pathway to peace is, that it actually requires vulnerability and discomfort and challenging conversations and challenging internal dialogue and, like, icky, weird feelings when you're being told the truth about something. And that's, what a, that's the thing. is like that's what a prophet does. A prophet's job is to tell divine truth, to reveal to you something that is true. And the best possible outcome to me, the best scenario, is that somebody that is different from you comes to your community, reveals a truth to you about God that makes you uncomfortable, and you hold and receive that. And then you let it change you. So the reward that you're getting really isn't very fun. It is fiery and painful and challenging. But what is the reward? In the end, it is peace. Because peace is living in truth, and that is healing. And that heals not just you, but other people. And so there is this whole like ecosystem that Jesus is trying to re- create, which is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is near. This is it. It is not fun and great and peaceful and everything's fine. It's all of us together working through the muck of being humans in the world and trying to figure out how we're going to move forward together and constantly being changed in really uncomfortable but life-giving ways. That is, in the end, the greatest possible gift that we can give one another. Just the fact that it ends with this idea that the thing that you can give is a cup of cold water. This is what we're talking about. This is cold water for the soul. This is what we're thirsting for. Like you're saying, we're looking for belonging and identity and meaning. And like we're so disconnected from one another that we can't find it in any of the ways that the world has told us we can. We can only find it in this way. That is hard, but we get that cup of soul water in the
1: end. I love that invitation of a cup of soul water. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's going to be my takeaway today, but also it goes right into, I think beautifully what my point is, which is how maybe it's the why of all of it, because it's that we have forgotten our interconnectedness Mm -hmm. and like what is listed here in both of your points, both come back to that. For me, at least, because like in all of this, we are all connected to one another and that we have forgotten or we haven't noticed or we have become (laughs) self-absorbed, distracted by something shiny. I don't know what it is, but in some level, and maybe it's different for each of us, we have forgotten that we are connected and that we are dependent upon one another, that interdependence of it. And that the beautiful thing that you bring, the challenging thing that you bring to the community, that I need that. It's not just that I need to hold it for you. I need to hold it for me because we are dependent upon one another. And it actually, as you were talking, David, I went back and I pulled up the definition of it so that I wouldn't get it wrong. But when Bishop Susan was here, a couple of visits ago, she talked to us about co-powerment. Do you remember the episode where she was talking about that? Co-powerment is a dynamic of mutual exchange by which both sides of a social equation are made stronger and more effective by the other. Let's take that one step forward, right? Because both sides says that there is only you sitting across from me and me sitting on this side. And it doesn't honor the fact that actually it's, surrounds us, that we are all in different levels and actually not even just surrounds, but that there are different levels and, and that we all come into this space in a different thing, that we bring something different to the equation. We bring our experiences, we bring our emotions, Uh we bring our relationships, we bring our needs, all of these things that we bring. And that when we live into that together with honoring each person's needs and abilities that they bring to us and Challenges that they bring to the situation that that is when we see that we are interconnected and that we are interdependent. Mm-hmm. And this whole scripture to me is sp- right down to this part where it says this, you know, going back to that cup of soul water, that cu- mm-hmm. cold cup of water, is that in the simplicity of that is where the revelation takes place. Because instead of naming it as this big, broad, inconceivable idea. It's like, no, just by providing a cup of cold water to another human being, you are honoring the fact that we are all interconnected and reliant upon one another. And maybe they brought their water bottle with them and they had one in there, but we are saying, even if you didn't, I've got you. And it goes back to your story about when they got off the bus and maybe they were thirsty or maybe they weren't, but you were speaking to the very need of the human being stepping off and that ultimately we all need to be hydrated. (laughs) Lots of the youth that have gone through my program, one of their takeaways was from the Oklahoma City EYE Mm -hmm. and being constantly reminded to drink more water, right? (laughs) That was like the theme of the whole thing because (laughs) we were in Oklahoma City in July, Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. hot, (laughs) and dehydration was real. So being offered a cup of cold water is that Mm. physical representation of a base-level need That also speaks to the fact that we are all interconnected, Uh that when we make sure that we have just that simple thing that we need, that we are honoring that human being that is directly in front of us. Uh And we are saying that I am connected to you and you are connected to Shannon and that Shannon is connected to Greg and we are connected to the world around us, to our families and our communities and the world outside of this space. And that that beautiful relationship is everything. Uh That is where God is. Uh I think we get tripped up sometimes. We think it has to
2: be some huge grand gesture, right? When we're bringing someone into the community or, you know, someone important shows up, we feel like it has to be some big, big thing. But really just welcoming them with a cup of cold water and letting them just be in that space and in that moment allows folks to relax also and really feel where is God present in this moment, right? Where is God moving through us? Not because it's a big grand gesture, but because we're giving each other the bare necessities, the basic th- needs that we that we each have, mm-hmm. we're giving that to each other. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a huge, huge deal. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think sometimes if it is a big deal, it gets in the way, right? Yes. It it, be, yes. it gets too much in the way. And so just the simple offerings also bring back a reward, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think about things that my grandmother said, you know, whenever you give a gift, you always get something in return, mm-hmm. right? And That was very confusing to me Mm -hmm. as a young child because I never did get anything in return, right? (laughs) But it's that sense of reward, right? You you get the thanks. You get the smile on their face. Mm -hmm. You receive whatever is in the room. And so I think it's it's that kind of a feeling as well of Mm -hmm. sort of when you give someone something that they desperately need, you receive back from them in multitudes of ways that Mm -hmm. we may not even realize in the moment.
0: Mm -hmm. And this is the economy that Jesus is trying to create is one in which we are all greater than the sum of our parts and that our exchanges are greater than the sum of our parts as well that when you give a cup of water it's not just a cup of water there's more and when you and i are giving and receiving a third thing is there that is beyond either one of us so it's very trinitarian it's theology those are three points really great points i think for a three verse gospel you guys Point number one was Shannon's, thinking about welcome and how we welcome people, what it means to welcome somebody into our community when we are all thirsting for identity and meaning and and belonging. Number two was mine, following from Shannon's, thinking about what it means to receive this reward, how we are changed by one another, and what it means to welcome someone and be changed by them in our communities as well. Charlotte's was like unto those two, thinking about our interconnectedness, interdependence, how we affect one another, all the things we bring to our communities and and how we can give the gift of ourselves and our mutuality. Having heard those three points, we'd love to know what your point would have been if you'd been on the pod this week.
1: We want you to send us your fourth point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to hear what you'd have to say for this gospel or any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. Again, anything about your ministry context you'd like to share or any God sightings, we'd love to hear from you. Shannon, thank you so much for being with us on the pod today.
1: It's been a lot of fun. I really love so being awesome. here. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And
0: again, make sure to go check out what Shannon's working on.
1: The day that this podcast airs, Yeah. the day it drops, mm-hmm. is actually your birthday
0: that's right june 26th that is correct yeah
1: so if anybody wants to wish david a happy birthday you can find us on instagram mm-hmm. faith to go mm-hmm. you can email us mm-hmm. faith to go at edsd.org mm-hmm. you can call him if you've got his number <laughs> and you are his friend because yeah. you've got a lot of friends that listen to the pod yeah, you can <laughs> the, call me. if you listen to it on the monday you mm-hmm. are listening on david's birthday happy so birthday nice. friend thank you happy birthday mm-hmm. thank
0: you guys Thank you so much. There's a bunch of cookies here, so if you want a week-old cookie, send me a text. (laughs)
1: There won't be any left next week.
0: (laughs) No, my children (laughs) will have eaten them all. Thank you, guys. We will be back next week to talk about Proper 9 in year A for July 9th, 2023. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.